You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. I'm grateful to have you with me here today because this episode, it's one I think that most of us can relate to. So you ever found yourself in a winning season? Everything seems to be falling in place. And then here comes a hater that's found their way into your world. Today, we're going to get some help on how to deal with that for real. So, you ready? Let's work. Fam, how I loveth thee. (laughs) I had to hit you with the KJV today. We got a doozy of an episode on this here summer bonus season. But first, I'm checking in because that's important to me. So, sisters, how y'all feeling? And brothers, y'all all right? How's your soul? I ask this question every week. It's an invitation to check in with yourself on how you are and where you are internally. If you ever want to share the answer, just reach out. I'm here. Hello at soulworkwithsan.com or you can hit me up on IG at Pope, and we can dialogue. Now, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I am saying I'm with you in this journey. And speaking of withness, yo, I got to say a million thank yous for everyone who responded to my parenting dilemma last week. Check out last week's episode for more details in the beginning of the show. But I love the fact that that we've got such a strong and wise village willing to share advice and tips because parenting does not come with a manual and nobody has all the answers, okay? Rue and I, we talked about it and the talk is happening before the summer ends. Y'all, pray my strength, I'm not ready. But one of the things that really solidified it for me and makes me ready is hearing from so many of you who either found out about it later in life Or you found out from your friends instead of your parents. And since I don't want that, my baby and I got to talk. So I'm leaving the convo armed with book recommendations y'all sent in, educational videos, all the things that's going to help us walk through it together. And if you want some of the resources, hit me up. I'll share them with you. If you're a parent, I have a few friends. We all have kids around the same age, which I think is pretty dope. And so to those friends, I'm giving y'all a heads up. I am sharing all the resources that I get. And I really love the idea of this parenting community kind of keeping it going because it's apparent that not only are we in it together, but we're better together. So give me some time to kind of think through what that could look like and what we could build um, because it really does take a village. So thank y'all again. I'm just really grateful for that today. And a special thank you to all my homies who are not biological parents, but were still incredibly insightful. I think for me, it just shows that you don't need to be called mom or dad to raise a child well. Now, let's get to it. You know how we do with this summer bonus season, right? We talk strong, but not too long on topics that hit home. Last week, we did a quick talk on why ease is so dangerous. We live in a culture that constantly encourages us to take the hacks, the shortcuts, and the easy routes. As if that leads to a good and satisfied life. But the gag is, it's the development that comes when you take the stairs. That's what truly leads to the life you desire. 
Now, we touched on this principle when Jesus reminds us in the Gospels that a seed, it has to fall to the ground and die first before it can bear fruit. So it doesn't mean that we'll never live a comfortable life. That's not what I'm saying. It just means that in order to get that true comfort, we kind of got to get a little uncomfortable first. It just means that in order to get to that true comfort and rest, we got to first get a little uncomfortable. So it only makes sense then that the next part of this combo that we're having, it discusses the other side of this discomfort. So we're asking today, what happens? Like, what should we do when a hater tries to holler? Your answer, it's coming right up. Sam, everywhere you turn, there's another beef, another battle, another bit of shade being thrown somebody's way. We're just getting over that epic read and prayer response that Tabitha Brown sent Wendy Williams's way after she attempted to project her pain onto Tabitha's joy. But this episode, it's not just to acknowledge or even analyze when hate is thrown at those folks over there. Nah, boo, we're we not having commentary over there. Come on in the room and let's get close on this one. See, my question is, what do you do when the shade is thrown at you? Now, there's no judgment because we're in our safe space of grace, okay? I'm not telling nobody nothing. But let's paint this picture, for real. It's your winning season. So let's say you got that promotion. Your launch was successful. The relationship, it's in full swoon and commitment. Your bank account, your credit score, everything is looking up and right. You and Jesus, y'all are closer than you've ever been. Just picture the prayer that you've been praying about. Picture that being answered and now you're walking in it and full bask in glory. But then someone, stranger or frenemy, family or foe, decides to make that comment or some subliminal post or snarky remark at the dinner table or public put down from the pulpit and it hits you right where they meant for it to go and now you're stuck with hot feelings of embarrassment maybe confusion even frustration and of course anger because it is anger right after all that's what makes us clap back and lash out in the first place see we've been hit and I don't care how saved they may have been. I don't know nobody's mama that did not teach their kids. If somebody hits you, you know what it is. You better hit them back. See, we've got to defend what we've built, what we're doing, and who we are. Or do we? Perhaps there's a better way to handle the shade. What if this way, though more intentional and probably a lot more uncomfortable, what if this way was the one that brought you, yes, you, more joy and rest? Would you be down to hear it? Good, because I'm coming in hot today. <laughs> Here are the three tips that I've learned and I'm still learning on how to handle somebody's hate towards you. We work in. Here's number one. Consider the source. There's this meme I saw sometime last year, and it said this, you will never find a hater doing better than you. And I remember reading it and going, hmm, let me, let me think about that some. What? Yep. Nope. Actually, that is completely true. All facts. When you consider who it is that is saying whatever it is that they're saying, you'll learn to let it go faster. 
See, the person that's unkind to you, yeah, they may have more followers or more status or cloud or titles or whatever, but all of that is the monopoly money of life. The real issue is the heart reveal that's happening. See, when we use disparaging language against another image bearer of God, it says more about the condition of the hater's heart than the action or reputation of the receiver of said hate. So I'm going to give you an example. If Ricky is so mad at Bobby being blessed that he takes to social media or puts it up on the group chat to attempt to belittle or find fault with Bobby, that doesn't say anything about bless Bobby. But it does indicate a leaking of a misery that resides in the soul of Ricky. Let's step further on this. Have you ever met a happy hater? Yeah, they may be funny as Jackson, and even cool to chill with from time to time. But fam, play that all the way through. Years and years of fault finding, complaining, and throwing shade to anyone they feel threatened by. What kind of friend does that person become? And how does all of that form their soul? So when the zinger hits, pause. There's so much power in just pausing. Take a break. Take a step back and ask yourself, wait, where is this coming from? Who is saying this and what's the real meaning behind it? See, the answer to those questions alone can stop the offense from growing and going anywhere. But let's say it doesn't, right? Let's say it's blindsided you and now you out here all up in your feelings, fuming and getting ready or perhaps already typing out that one clap back that requires you to quote unquote put down your cross to pick it up later. We've all been there. Ain't no judgment. Shade is painful, but it be those blindsided ones, the ones that catch you completely off guard, the publicly humiliating ones. Those are the ones they can take you someplace. So son, what you saying about those? Well, I'm glad you asked fam. I hope you're ready for this one. Number two is ignore the content. Now, now, hear me out right quick. Nowadays, attention is everything. It's become a currency of its own kind. And it's a great indicator of where you'll end up in life. You've probably heard the phrase before, where you look the longest, you become the strongest. My dad used to quote that line all the time when I was growing up. This one is tough because it requires self-discipline and focus. But if we ever master this one, we'll be unstoppable. And here's why. Shade, hate, whatever you want to call it, it is the biggest distraction to your calling. I wish we could like take a survey of it so we could quantify how much, get a more detailed idea of how many people have slowed down or even abandoned their life's mission for fear of what others have to say about it. Let's sit with this for a second. What book or article or show should you be writing? Who should you be ministering to? What song or album or book of poetry should you have already created by now? What friendship is waiting to be cultivated that you won't because of what your miserable frenemy has to say about this person? Whose future is to be divinely interrupted by your efforts but it hasn't happened yet because you're afraid of what the people at your former church are going to say about you. Who are you supposed to be leading, but you're scared to because of what you imagine the folk from your old stomping grounds will think and say about all this change that's going on in your life. Who does she think she is? I remember when. Yo, it's wild to me because when you think about the people in these settings, you know, the ones that are the most vocal critics, 
You know something I've learned? Their tongue becomes their trap. Here's what I mean. When you've been bold about belittling somebody else's efforts, what happens when it's time for you to launch your own? You get trapped by fear and perfectionism. See, it's got to be perfect now so that nobody can say about your stuff what you have said so many times about theirs. Most haters who have that internal fight because every creative or anyone who produces or publishes anything has that internal fight. Most haters, they lose that internal fight, which perhaps could explain why the loudest critic is also the least productive. Oh, they, they finna tell you everything that's wrong with what you're doing and they'll critique, but they don't create. People that operate in this fashion cannot. I repeat, they cannot have your attention. Don't take your eye off the calling of your life. Fam, do you feel it? Do you feel and sense the urgency that's in the air? We've got work to do, real work to do. We literally cannot afford to spend the currency of our minds on other people's misery. Don't take their commentary personally. Again, it reveals more about them than it ever will about you. And friends, when we learn to rest in this truth, we can do number three with joy. Oh, number three. Here's where it got tight for me. <laughs> I'm telling you now, number three, <laughs> how to handle a hater, pray with compassion for them. Another phrase my dad used to say growing up all the time is that hurt people hurt people. And it's true. Those miserable, divisive or unkind comments, they didn't come from nowhere. There's a source and a root cause for every behavior. And it doesn't help that current society. Oh, it lives for this stuff. See, we love a good verbal jab, right hook combo. We love reading those one-liners about somebody's appearance or failure or fall. So honestly, some people aren't even hating on you as much as they're really just trying to be noticed by others because everybody wants to belong. And sometimes folks who are conditioned by dysfunction and trauma, they'll create spaces to gather around mean words. We've seen it and have probably all been guilty of it at one point in our lives. But here's the good news about the gospel. We've been given this invitation by Jesus to lay down that old way of living. We don't have to defend ourselves through weaponizing our words against a fellow spiritual sibling. We don't have to let our words be led by our insecurities. And most importantly, through the transformative power of the gospel, we can see a hater for who they really are, a wounded friend. Do we follow Jesus or do we like pretending that we do? Because if the king ever did give a command, it was to love. And for a second, I thought a blood-bought and washed believer said something. Huh? How, how would you pray for your brother or your sister if you knew they were in trouble? How would you pray for your friend? What's stopping you from praying for this person like that? And for real, years ago, I remember a Bible teacher explaining that you can't hate who you pray for. So the question is, who's the person you're withholding your prayers for? Yes, I did ask that. You ain't got the answer right now, but think about it. If there's someone that we don't even want to go to God on behalf of, then my friends, here's the truth. We're a hater too. Say la sugar. Take a second with that. Let it breathe. May God in his grace and goodness 
bring healing to whatever that situation is. I'm going to leave you with this prayer that I learned about just earlier today from one of my favorite writers and thinkers as of late. His name is Andy Crouch. He was teaching on what it means to bless others, and he shared with us the story of Bishop Nikolai Vilimorovich. I hope I said his name correctly, but here is a man born in the 1800s. He died in the 1950s. He became a faithful bishop in the Serbian Orthodox Church. His faith leads him to speak out against what the Nazis were doing, which got him thrown into a concentration camp. He almost loses his life, but thankfully he's rescued. And it's during this time that he writes this prayer. Now, I won't read all of it, but I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to read it at your leisure. Brace yourself. I'm going to read this prayer. And this prayer, it made me holler. Let us pray. Bless my enemies, O Lord. Even I bless them and do not curse them. Enemies have driven me into your embrace more than friends have. Just as a hunted animal finds safer shelter than an unhunted animal does, so have I, persecuted by enemies, found the safest sanctuary, having hidden myself beneath your tabernacle, where neither friends nor enemies can slay my soul. Bless my enemies, O Lord. Even I bless them and do not curse them, so that my fleeing to you may have no return so that all my hope in people may be scattered like cobwebs, so that absolute serenity may begin to reign in my soul, so that my heart may become the grave of my two evil twins, arrogance and anger, so that I might amass all my treasure in heaven, ah, so that I might for once be freed from self-deception, which has entangled me in the dreadful web of illusory life. Enemies have taught me what hardly anyone knows, that we have no enemies in the world except ourselves. It is truly difficult for me to say who has done me more good and who has done me more evil in the world, friends or enemies. Therefore, bless, O Lord, both my friends and my enemies. Slaves curse their enemies for they do not understand, but sons and daughters bless them for they understand. For they know that their enemies cannot touch their life. Therefore, they freely step among their enemies and pray to God for them. Amen. Fam, that's the show today. I hope you hear my heart on this one. I'm not saying we can't ever be corrected or have criticism or that people shouldn't tell us the truth. But most of us know, whether we're on the speaking or receiving end of it, the difference between being built up or torn down. And so no matter how witty or hilarious or viral the bite, we're never going to change the world through clapbacks. People don't change through condemnation. They change through love. This everlasting Christ characteristic that we're supposed to be known by. So the next time a little shade is thrown your way, consider the source, ignore the content, and pray with compassion. Because a hater is truly nothing more than a wounded friend. Now, if this episode blessed you, (laughs) you're invited to subscribe to the show for more episodes delivered freely to your device each week. If you leave a rating and a review, it's a great help to us. So thank you so much for that. 
You can also visit the site by heading over to soulworkwithsan.com for more thoughts and content. Let's heal, fam. It's our heritage. Now remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.